Welcome to our Behavioral Jam session, where Tim and I have a wide-ranging conversation on a single behavioral science topic. Today's topic, the four-drive model. Cool. Lawrence and Aria. Lawrence and Aria, the original uh, developers, researchers on this. And actually, it was mostly Paul Lawrence. So uh, Lawrence and Aria, uh, Paul Lawrence and Nitin Aria developed and wrote a book called Driven uh, back in 2002 that introduced this new model of employee motivation to to the world. But things didn't really get going until about 2008, right? Wasn't right. that the HBR article? Yeah, and so the 2008 article uh, with, by Noria, Groisberg, and Lee that was in uh, Harvard Business Review, uh, at least that's where I encountered it. Uh, I, I believe that for most people that is where they first encountered this model. And, and what excited me when I first saw it was it was it, you know I've, we've worked with a lot of different motivational models right i mean mm, yes. it, it, in in the work that we do it's about trying to understand what is it that drives people to do certain things and motivation obviously is a key component of that and so you would look you know uh, there was McClelland and, and the need for achievement, power, and affiliation. Uh, there's Desi and Ryan, you know, in the self-determination uh, theory. You look at Locke and Latham on, on goal, goal setting. setting. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, the ever-favorite Maslow and the hierarchy of needs, which uh, we don't want to yeah. go there. But, uh, you know. <laughs> it's uh, it's but, out there. But yeah. when I saw this model, it was... It captured me from the perspective of it took in a very holistic perspective of human motivation. So let's talk about what what are the what are the components of the four drive model. So the components the components as uh, Lawrence and Naria have it are acquire, bond, comprehend, and defend. Now, since two thousand and eight, when I've been working with this, and the Lantern Group has been working with this. Uh, based on some of our own research, as well as our experience within organizations, as well as some secondary research that was done, I think in the 2009-2010 by actually Groinsberg, I believe, along with uh, another group, we added in some additional uh, definers. And so uh, the way that we, we use it now, it's acquire and achieve. But still, so we, still, still, it's the A A B B C C. Yeah, we, we 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 kept that that nomenclature. It was so we added in achieve. So it's not just about acquiring things; it's that achievement of of status and various different pieces in it. Okay. Uh, bond and belong. So the bonding kind of in in you know in in uh, was was focusing in on a one to one relationship, and we realized that there's actually a component of belonging part of a team. Yeah. Uh, that has some of this component. Uh, the the C one is challenge and comprehend. So we added in challenge again from that perspective uh, that we are driven and motivated by those challenges. And then the last one is define and defend. And again, define is a little weird. If we were, if if purpose would have been started with a D, we would have used purpose, um, but it doesn't. So we <laughs> use define, yeah. yeah. Uh, and define really is about defining one's purpose and then aligning that with the organizational purpose. And and that's how you get that affinity uh, to have the defend component within it. So. Okay, so uh, that's a that, that's a great overview, Kerr. What about some applications? Yeah, walk, walk us through something where um, you, uh, 
all well, four drives are at play. That well, maybe, me, maybe ideally. Yeah, actually, let me go back a little bit. I'm going to go a little bit more in depth around each of those because I think okay. then when the applications, and then I'll, I'll, I'll back into the applications around each. So an acquire, acquire and achieve, right? That one is really about attaining things and resources, status symbols around, so, and we're motivated to do that, right? So... Uh, if you go out and you ask somebody to, if you're asking a group of people in a, in a crowd to, you know, raise your hand as high as you can, they're going to raise their hand up, right? Then if you go, all right, I'll give you $20 for the person who has the highest hand up, it, those hands go up a lot higher. They, yeah, there's, there is that extrinsic motivator that's happening right there. There's right at the that extrinsic moment. motivator right there. Google, um, uh, go out to YouTube and, and search crazy things people do for money. And, and you will see the, the, the crazy things that people do for money. Uh, and, and the fact of the matter is, it's not always just about money, right? It's about those resources things. It's the corner office, you know, but those are drivers of, of things that, that you, you do. Um, and so then you take that and then you look at bond and belong. And bond and belong is this aspect that, you know, we will do a lot to maintain and build healthy, strong, positive relationships. Especially within tribe or or in, in building a community? Uh, it, it's more of that the, the interpersonal component. Um, it, it is belonging to a, to a group uh, kind of element. That's mm-hmm. that belong aspect. But it is the... Think about what you would do for a friend, right? And, and you're motivated to do things for a friend. So, like, I, I bring in, you know, an example. My car broke down last summer. Uh, we were packed to go up to the cabin. Raining Friday night. Craziness out there. The alternator on our 2003 Ford Explorer gave out. Long story. Raining 9.30 at night. Aaron, my wife, is, is uh, on Facebook. Uh, you know, talking about this, and a friend of ours calls up and says, "Hey, I'll I'll come pick you up if you guys need it." You know, it's an hour and a half, rainy Friday night in the middle of summer, and you know, he he just offered to to come up, and luckily we didn't need him to do that. But uh, the offer was but made. the offer was there, and it and it was a is a real offer. And so Tim was that was that was the sense of bonding. He, I wasn't gonna. You know, he wasn't expecting payment. It wasn't, right. you know, anything else except for this this bond of friendship that that drove him to a, a behavior. And you think about you, you think about gangs, right? And and what gang? Yeah. You know, you don't diss somebody in a gang because that's your you know there's there's that bond and belong and and people will do a lot to to stay in a gang or stay out of a gang. So that's that bonding component. The challenge and comprehend one. Uh, you know, you can always attribute to uh, like the stages that you have in video games, right? So there's always that next challenge to get to. And, and that's what drives, you know, you might be doing exactly the same thing with a different color background in, in you know, level two. <laughs> yes. But dang it, I'm going to get to level two if it kills me, right? And, and yeah. then you get to level three. And usually they're increasing in, in hardship too, because once you've mastered it, if you if you got to a game where it was so simple to do, there's no more, you don't play it anymore, right? If, if you can get through it so quickly, it's not fun. The fun is in the challenge. And so that's how you look at, at that challenge. And then the comprehend part of that is just we're, we're inquisitive, we're, we're curious people by nature. And so we take that 
um, curiosity and, and we'll do a lot to kind of find things out and well, why is that? You know, it's some of that. It's it's a lot of what you know scientists have and in, in their thing. So why is a, a important part of the comprehend? Yeah, why story? is a, a a certain part? So, uh, and helping people, you know, uh, satisfy that drive, right? And, and that's that's one of the things. And the last one, the define and defend. Actually, you talked about tribes earlier. The way that Lawrence and Norea uh, talked about it in in the book was that we used to be tribal in nature. Right, so you were using tribe on the bottom along. What they actually said is it's more on the defend because when we had a tribe, you would defend the tribe from outward kind of threats. Right? Oh yeah. So, you know, it's you have another tribe thing. coming. Yep. And and that's a that's a you know evolutionary motivation that we have had. Well, we don't have tribes anymore. Most of us don't. Right? Uh, we have a family. We might have community. Uh, but in the work with organizations, the organization can often be a surrogate tribe if people feel an affinity towards their mission and vision and feel like that's something that they belong to and that their belief system, that the, the purpose of why they're working greater than just providing money and, and that uh, aligns with what the organization is doing. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so when you think about that, then you get into applications, right? And so there's lots of different applications. And, and, and one of the things about the four drive model that uh, the, the Groinsberg, Norea, and Lee article talked about was that, you know, 1% increase in any one of the drives, 1% increase in otherwise satisfaction, right, uh, across the board, leads to about a 4 or 6% improvement in performance. But when you satisfy all four, for, all four drives or get a 1% increase in all four of the drives, that's a 38% increase in So it's algorithmic. Yes. The, 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 the very powerful effect by getting everything, uh, all, all cylinders firing, basically. Right. And, and I, 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 I kind of equate this to you go to a restaurant, right? And uh, you walk in and... The you got to wait. The service is bad. The you know you get seated. You know the table's still kind of messy, right? You get your appetizer. Your appetizer is stale or cold or whatever it is. You get your steak. Steak is awesome. Best steak you've ever had in your entire entire life, right? I mean, it's this is <laughs> you would write home about the steak. Um, but then you know your dessert or your drink or whatever. Again, it's off, right? It the wrong one or doesn't it's too much flour in the cake or your soda's flat or whatever it would be. Um, and if you gave that restaurant a Yelp review, right, uh, even though it was the best steak ever, that Yelp review is going to be pretty low. And and even then, if you got in there and, and the service was better, right, you had service and great steak, but you still had bad, uh, you know, appetizer bad and bad dessert, dessert the yeah. Yelp review is going to be low. And it's not until you get all of those factors together Right, that they all sit there. That all of a sudden you're going to give it that fantastic Yelp review or whatever review it is. And so that's kind of the way that the the four drive model. I I kind of use that as an example that's because a, I that, think people get it. Which right? is a great example. How do you know um, that any particular initiative is going to fire on all four cylinders? So so that's the or thing. not right. And and so this is the interesting thing about working with organizations on this. There's usually there's there's very few types of initiatives or programs that you can put in place that, that hit all four. Now, there are some, and we can talk about those, but there are lots of things that you can do individually, right? So on the acquire and achieve, uh, again, thinking organizationally, it's a lot of the work that we do around incentives and, and those 
those kind of components. Also gets into recognition, you know, the types of recognition that you have. It's, mm-hmm. it's about tying that performance into some gain. So whether that be uh, walking across the stage, getting a trip, uh, earning more money, whatever that is. A certification. Certification. Uh, badges yeah, on your... Badges, various yeah. different pieces along that line. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, leaders and organizations can design those and leaders can do that for their employees. Uh, on the bond and belong, you know, there's lots of things that you can do in order to facilitate those connections, right? You can pair people up. You can design... Um, uh, mentoring programs. And so you have a mentoring program. So you build some of those relationships. You do team building programs as much as they're derided and various different things, get people away from work, get them to have uh, opportunity to get to know each other on a different level. Lots of great stuff too, particularly if, if uh, you're in an organization and you can get um, significant others or spouses joining in or families joining in because then you actually get to see yeah. that re- the total person in various different pieces yeah you know and i've seen other things you know other simple things of just having like a photo album of people that you might have themed like graduation time and so everybody on the team sends in their graduation pictures from maybe their kids graduating kindergarten to to college to whatever but again it creates that sense of hey we're we're where there's a connection between us, right, and various different things. In the challenge and comprehend area, is that oftentimes uh, materialized in learning and, um, you know, uh, uh, actual certification types of things? It can be. Uh, where I've seen it work actually more is really in thinking about how are you giving people opportunities to experience new things inside the organization, whether that be cross-training, whether it would be a component of giving them new uh, responsibilities or tasking people with uh, uh, a certain kind of component, uh, you know, why don't you find out what our biggest regional challenge is from a, a sales perspective? And you and maybe, a, again, this is where you can combine some of them and go have a small task force right, and have them work that on that, yeah. you know, as opposed to the leader kind of doing that. You give people these other, other responsibilities and other challenges as we're going. So putting, providing goals for people. Right. And, and, and you've done a lot of work with goals and you know how goals can can motivate and, and drive. But making sure that those goals are are a stretch goal, but they're also achievable. You know, so those are some pieces around that. It's fascinating. Goals. The goal work is really interesting. And, and we should we should spend some time talking about that. Yeah. Um, so and define and defend where what are the, the initiatives and the applications? Yeah. So define them? and defend is probably the hardest one to really put some aspects around, but uh, again, Lawrence and Naria talk about uh, being transparent and, and making sure that as an organization that you're kind of bearing, you know, both the good and the ugly because then you feel like, hey, we're actually part of this, right? The other piece that we see from an applications perspective is um, letting, let, having people have a say right in in the direction or a voice and so again some of those things that we just talked about for for the challenge is giving people the opportunity to 
to say, hey, here's an area where we should be focused in on and making sure that voice is heard um, by senior leadership and having feeling that they're being heard, right? And then also tying in, making sure that in, in your communication, going back to you know how we communicate these things, is that leadership needs to really be focusing in on you know the larger vision. It's not, you know, if, if, if all the company is talking about is your quarterly earnings and you know your market share and various different things, that doesn't lend itself to something that people feel like, hey, this is aligns with me and my my purpose in life and that I'm gonna, you know, go die on the stake for. Um, but if you can translate that into the customer value proposition that you're doing, right? What are you doing that uh, is making people's lives better? Uh, and sometimes that's hard, right? Yeah. Worked with a manufacturing company and they make uh, the front struts for, you know, snowmobiles and working with manufacturing line people. That's a little bit harder than than maybe working uh, with a, a, a pharmaceutical company that's making you know diabetes medicine, diabetes medicine, yeah. or even yeah. you know uh, psychiatry medicine that that saving lives or really impacting people's lives that they yeah. can get around and they might know somebody that has that that disease state and various different things and so then it becomes real right. Yeah, so uh, there's a, certainly a lot of culture building uh, that, that that's going on right within uh, the, that the four drive model applies to. Yeah, uh, but it's also it's more than just uh, using existing organizations that that want to bolster their strength. You could also use this in mergers and acquisitions, right? No, oh, you could definitely use it in mergers and acquisitions and kind of understand what are those aspects of of the organization where you're you particularly in this new organization, what, where is that, the, the satisfaction going to be low, right? What, you, what are you doing well? How do you take the best from both in order to incorporate that? But then you get into all the other behavioral uh, science problems of, you know, uh, loss, loss of version yeah, and yeah. status quo and various but, different things. But, but in knitting together these, these different factions, the four drive could be a powerful tool. It can be. And you can think about it as a as a tool for leaders and managers inside the organization to really help them build their leadership practices, the organizational programs, their communication to foster and help satisfy each of these four drives to really engage their employees. Yeah. So, and you had talked earlier, we, we, you had mentioned, like, so what can you do around all four drives? So I, I will tell you that in all of the work, and we've been doing this work since literally 2008 with clients, uh, the, the one program uh, that typically satisfies all four drives to a significant effect are, and we've seen it mostly in sales, or actually only in sales organizations, but they have uh, basically district trips that a district earns based on some criteria, whether it be, you know, achieving 102% of the district goal, sales goal, or whatever it would be, or being the top uh, district in a region, whatever that would be. But the district earns this uh, trip. Usually it's a three to four day trip. Uh, they go to a nice place. They get to bring a guest. They get to bring their spouse. So and so how does this, so uh, link it back uh, for us. How does that, how does that, um, 
How does the trip satisfy, acquire, and achieve, bond and belong, challenge and comprehend, and define and defend? So if you think about it, obviously the the trip has a reward component, the trip itself, right? That's right, an that, acquire. That's the that's an yep. acquire. There's also the achievement part of the reaching that, the, that reaching, level. Yeah, and that's then the challenge part, right, of it, right? But um, you know, there's typically some trinkets that go along with that. You get the plaque that you're you're the top winner. You get the you know, you might have a, a, a thing on your business card that says achievement trip winner or district reward trip winner. Yeah. So you get all of those. So that is right there. The other piece of that is that that acquire piece isn't just for you. It's for you and a guest. So that Which you're bringing somebody else. Typically a loved so, one. Yep, yeah. typically a loved one. So you're bringing somebody along and giving them the value of this this reward. So that part is 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 on that acquire and achieve, and that's a pretty powerful that is, motivator. That is the bond and belong. You're going. You're you're going on this trip with your district, with your team, and their spouses. So as I talked about before, this is a non, it's it's work, but it's you're not doing the work, right? You're you're in a usually a a, a nice location, you know, you're doing fun activities, you're doing those things together, you're learning more about the people that you're with, you're building experiences beyond work that now you have these shared experiences that create a language, that create this connectivity you get to know about their spouse, they get to know about yours, you talk family, all of those kind of factors. And so you get that bond and that belong. And powerful that stuff. is very, very powerful in these. And and in a lot of the interviews that we've done with people that they say that's the most uh, impactful thing is A, that my spouse is there and they're getting, and I get to know everybody else's spouse and, and we just feel like we really bond. So that's in the experience of the trip itself. That's in the experience as well. As, as I think you're going, which is the challenge part of this, right? Which right. is the challenge is usually it's a team challenge that you have to achieve. So so you're setting a goal for the team that they have to achieve. And, and the striving for that goal is a team-based strive. And so again, that helps in the bonding piece of it. Because it's collective. Because it's collective, right? Yeah. It, it isn't like, oh, the, the team with the highest salesperson, single salesperson, then their entire team gets to go. It's almost always the... Uh, the, the team with the highest sales or whatever the criteria would be, but it's a team goal. Yeah. And, and so by having that goal that's there, uh, and then you, you know, so you're, you're satisfying that. The define and the defend is the one where it, it really is, this is the one where I didn't think originally, I'm going, when, when we started doing the interviews, I'm going, yeah, but that doesn't really satisfy that. But there is this element of, there's an appreciation for the organization um, that comes from actually having this type of a reward, that it's this team that gets to go on it, uh, and that they're, they're saying, I work for a company that appreciates the, the fact of how that, that, I, that I'm going on this award with, with my, my teammates and my spouse and everything. And so there's that component there. And then most of these also tie it back in somehow to some part of their strategy and their, their larger mission. And so, again, you get some of that communication and how it's, how it's talked about and as well as some of those, those challenges and the goals that they're set and how those uh, tie back into that challenge. So that's, that's where that is. That, that's a great example. So Lantern Group has been working with the four drive model for 10 years mm -hmm. now. Uh, what do you think are the biggest contributions or biggest challenges 
with uh, with the four drive model. Yeah. So uh, so the, the the challenges are are, are that it it doesn't have the the academic rigor that I would like it to have. Yeah. Um, more the, more research specifically. Yeah. The, the the research part on it, right? Yeah. Um, so uh, Paul Lawrence was really the driving researcher on this. That was his kind of his baby, right? Uh, and and he died in two thousand and ten. And so it's it's kind of from an academic research perspective, it's it's kind of languished, uh, but it's relatively new. I mean, if, if you think about academic theories, right? This is you know you think about behavioral economics and you know, prospect theory was conceived in the late seventies, late seventies, and it's yeah. just now getting you know all this press in the yeah. past ten years. Well, this was developed in two thousand two, two thousand eight was that that article. So we're still in the the, the beginning stages so I, I'm you know and we're doing some of that so I'm actually um, we're putting together working with some college students on uh, to put together an assessment awesome so we're getting a hopefully a validated assessment that That's has great. some normative components that we can then actually start doing some some of the research ourselves that uh, it, it has not been out there the other thing is I just think that it's not that well known and so uh, it's underappreciated and underapplied within organizations. I mean, people are still using Maslow, uh, which <laughs> yes. I, it, I'm, it just, I'm laughing because it, it's, it's embarrassing. Isn't it, it is. I mean, the, the the whole hierarchy component, you know, has been pretty much lambasted since it came out, and yet it's still. And I think again, we go back to you know the reasons why it's an easy model. It, uh, it makes it makes some intrinsic sense right away. You go, oh yeah. You know, I'm probably not going to be focused in on these higher self-actualization things if I'm starving, right? Um, but that doesn't awesome. always hold true. And so it's that by the things that don't hold it true that that, that uh, kind of show its limitations. And therefore, um, I think the four drive model has an opportunity uh, to really make a difference inside organizations. And we're seeing more of it. I'm seeing more and more and more. And the, the more that, that we talk to clients about it and the more that we actually do some interventions and training their leaders, um, training frontline managers in helping develop incentive programs that are not contradictory to the different things, which is one of the things going back to the bond and belong. Uh, oftentimes, you know, we we know these things innately, right? I mean, uh, yeah, you know what? Yeah. We, we, we build positive relations inside organization. We know that's a good thing. We just don't understand how it fits into that larger piece. And we don't necessarily do it purposely. It's the same thing around that define and defend, and even around the learning part or the comprehend part. But Kind of, it's the gut feeling that's what we do. But now we have a model that we can put it in and we can say, here's the reasons why we're doing it. And you can be very purposeful about the interventions that you're doing and how they interrelate with each other. So. I just And I just read about an organization in the health and wellness space that is adapting the four drive model yeah. uh, for health and wellness uh, initiatives specifically, uh, which uh, again, another intuitive uh, example of, of sort of what makes sense with some modification probably. Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, what, I think- So the, what are the big takeaways? What, yeah, what, so the takeaway here is that uh, if organizations uh, were to take a look at the four drive model and apply 
some of the insights, right? Some, I mean, just some of the things that we talked about here and in, in thinking about how do you help your team satisfy. So if, if, if leaders can start adapting some of those components, you're going to have higher employee motivation. You're going to have higher employee engagement, which ultimately is going to help, A, both your employees because they're going to feel like their needs are being satisfied. Uh, and so it's going to make a better workplace, but it also lends itself into improved performance. And I think uh, the the more that organizations uh, apply these these lessons and use this, then the the, the better that it's going to be. And I think there needs to be more research, as as we talked about. So that's the mm-hmm. those are the two takeaways that you know I'd like to see more people looking at this, more people researching it. Uh, and and if anybody's doing research out there and you listen to this, let me know. I am. This is this is my. Uh, my baby, I've I've lived with this uh, model for ten years and love it, and and still know that it's not the the full picture of, of human motivation. There but, can be more. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, if you think about any of the models of motivation, right? They're they're a picture of, of why people are doing something, um, and and I think this is probably one of the best pictures that we have, but I don't think it's that panoramic view of human motivation. It's still a snapshot. It's still just a snapshot. And so let's try to, can we build it? Is there things that we can add on to it to make it so that it's a, a better representation of, of real world? So, Kurt, thanks so much for this discussion on the four drive model. Well, thank you. It's good stuff, huh? It's fun. I, you know, as we said, we're geeks on this stuff. <laughs> you couldn't tell I was talking with a smile on my face pretty oh, much the I, entire I, time. Oh, I, I hope that comes through to the listeners. Yeah, so. uh, and, and for those of you who are listening, please make sure to uh, give us a good rating on uh, wherever you are getting your podcasts. Yeah. Uh, share it with others and uh, check out our other podcast uh, interviews with yes. uh, with interesting people. And if you do want more information on the 4Drive model, uh, you can go out to www.lanterngroup.com. We have some information on our website. You can also go out on SlideShare, uh, slideshare.net, and, and type in 4Drive model, or actually type it into Google uh, and find uh, we have a couple different uh, PowerPoint presentations out there that are actually pretty fun. They're yeah, stick people moving and various yeah. different things that try to explain this a little bit more. Uh, and and if you're really interested in it, give me a call or, or send a note here because I'll, I'll talk for hours with you. Sounds good. Thank All you, right. Kurt. Thanks, Tim. <laughs> <laughs>